ready to grow your business by building relationships online and offline? Are you looking for a system to attract new prospects and nurture your past clients? Maybe you're a business owner, a sales professional, or an entrepreneur. If you are, then great. Join me, Janice Porter, as we blast past your barriers to success and explore the power of relationships for your business. And welcome to the Relationships Rule Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Relationships Rule. I'm Janice Porter, your host, and my guest this week is coming to us from California, my favorite place, Linda Hollander. And I think she lives actually pretty close to um, where I used to hang out when I went down there often. Welcome to the show, Linda. Great to be here, Janice. Thank you. Um, Linda is... um, Well, she's the CEO of Sponsor Concierge, which helps business owners profit from the awesome power of corporate sponsorship. And I have a million questions to ask her. So we're just going to dig right in. And I will just say one more thing that I think from what I've read about Linda and what other people have said about Linda is that um, as well as being featured in Inc. Magazine, she is, um, and according to them, is the leading expert in corporate sponsorship. So if we want to talk about how to get sponsored, this is the person to talk to. And I want to start by asking you, Linda, you know, I'm going to dig right into what are sponsors looking for? Sponsors are looking for a fit with your audience. So uh, let's talk about that. The definition of sponsorship is connecting a company to people who buy things. So let's talk about who can get sponsored. People who have podcasts and shows like this one because you have an audience. People who have a business because you have customers, prospects, etc. If you want to speak, you could get sponsors. If you want to write a book, Uh, You know, uh, I work with a lot of people with blogs and, you know, things like this, Uh, virtual and live events, of course, everybody thinks about that with sponsorship, sports, and then nonprofits. So let me tell you a little bit about nonprofits. So the usual scenario is that somebody has a real passion for a cause and they reach into their wallet and they self-fund the nonprofit charity that they start. Well, eventually they run out of money. And that's when I get a call and they say, please, Linda, can you help us? Because at that point, they've got a lot of people depending on them. And I've saved a lot of nonprofits by helping them get sponsored. And the real savvy nonprofits like Make-A-Wish Foundation have mastered the art of corporate sponsorship. One sponsor equals thousands of donors. And then lastly, if you wanna do a project, I work with documentary filmmakers who just want to do that one project. And then what I say today may help you with your child, because if your child is on a sports team, if your child is in an after-school program, this may be uh, applied to them if they need funding for those things. So how did you get started into this, Linda? I'm, I'm curious, because I know that you have an interesting story. So tell me how you got started. Absolutely. Well, I started a business and I started it with my best friend, Cheryl. And Cheryl and I met when we were 13 years old 
at recess. <laughs> it was real cute. We were standing there with bobby socks and lunch pails, and uh, we became very bonded, closer than sisters. And we said, you know, one day when we grow up, if we do anything together, it'll be absolutely phenomenal. So we started a business together and it was great. And she was a, a cinema major. I was an art major. Neither one of us knew anything <laughs> about business, right? <laughs> nothing, yeah. nothing. But we muddled along and we turned this little thing into a multi-million dollar enterprise. Wow. Now, before I started the business, though, I was not in a good place. I was working at a dead-end job. Uh, I was living in a rent-controlled apartment. And even though the apartment was rent-controlled, I had to struggle every month and sweat it out to make the rent. I was working, but I wasn't making enough money at my job. So guess what? I borrowed on credit cards. Well, I think, you know, what happened after that, you know, uh, when I went down to my mailbox, you know, my hand would literally shake because I was so afraid of what was there because there were bills that I could never, ever afford to pay. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't see the light at the end of the tunnel. Now, when I got to my office, uh, I had an abrasive relationship with my boss. It was kind of a toxic work environment. Sometimes at lunch, I would go down to my car and I would cry. And in my personal life, I was with an abusive man. Mm -hmm. And it took me years to get out of that relationship because I had no self-confidence. But fortunately, one day I had an epiphany and I said, I'm not going to live like a victim anymore. I want my life to make a difference. So I fired my boss. I dumped the abusive boyfriend. All right. And that's when I called. And this, this is why girlfriends are so important. Cause I called Cheryl, uh, my best friend and said, Hey, <laughs> let's take the biggest adventure ride of our lives and start a business together. Luckily she said, yes. So all the good things in my life happened when I made that decision to strike out on my own, I was able to move out of the little rent controlled apartment by my first home as a single woman I was able to travel the world, but what I loved to do mostly was I loved coaching and mentoring. I loved it when people would come in and say, Linda, how do I do sales? How do I do marketing? So I wanted to start an event to empower women and show them how to start, how to succeed in their own small business. I called it the Women's Small Business Expo. But there was one problem. I wasn't in that business with my best friend anymore. I was in the kitchen with the cat. And I said, how am I going to pay for this? Because live events, I mean, are they cheap or are they expensive? Of course, they're very expensive. Uh, so that's when I found out about sponsors. And I said, oh, my God, who are these wonderful people who underwrite my event or my business or podcast show, whatever? And so I had no experience at all with events. I had no following. And I think this is important for people to know because people think, oh, well, when I get so many listeners or viewers or, you know, this kind of a following on my social media, then I'll go out and get, I had no following. My, my, my parents knew who I was, my brother-in-law, that was like it. Um, <laughs> but I sold them on the concept. And my first sponsors for my very first event, and before I got, I, 
got my first event. I got my first three sponsors, which were Bank of America, Walmart, and IBM. Wow. And after that, I got Microsoft. I got FedEx, Staples, HealthNet Insurance, Marriott Hotels, Southwest Airlines. Like I got, and so uh, people would come to the events and, oh my God, I did the Women's Small Business Expo for 10 years and uh, on my deathbed, I will be so proud of the work that I did there because women met their business partners. Women got the missing pieces of the puzzle that they needed to build their own small business. They could send their kids to better schools. They could move to better neighborhoods, have better lives, make better choices. It was all because of sponsors. Uh, and uh, so women, uh, you know, people said, well, how are you getting these sponsors? I thought you had to be a big company and have a fancy office. And, you know, I, I was always working from home. Uh, and so that's what I teach now is I teach people exclusively how to tap into that awesome power of corporate sponsors. Well, I have to say that uh, as we are recording this, it's International Women's Day. So it's really quite um, apropos that we're talking about that success story because it was all about being a strong woman and, and going blindly into um, places unknown and making things happen. And that was, that's amazing. Um, I, I remember back in the day, I did some work for a nonprofit and I did an, and, and part of it was, I think I, it was like a contract. I did get paid to do it, but I had to put on a couple of events and I loved doing that too. But uh, one of the things I had, I didn't have to get the sponsors for that event. I had to get um, uh, participants in the event and I had to, and I, I was able to get some local celebrities and, and so on and, and did them a really good turn because they'd never had anyone sort of go outside the local community. And um, what I remember about doing several events after that as well is that, you know, you could get the local media would give you coverage and give you some time, but they never give you money. So there's like media sponsorships and, and is that, yeah, you're nodding your head. So it's still the same, right? So <laughs> I feel like a bobblehead here. <laughs> no, no, that's okay. Because Media coverage is different, right? Media. Well, okay. So media is called, and if you're listening, you could write this down. Media is called in-kind sponsorship. So in-kind sponsorship is a trading of benefits and services. Uh, but, you know, media uh, in-kind sponsorship is really valuable because it's budget relieving. Because what if you had to pay for that media? It would be a lot of money. So other examples of in-kind sponsorship are printing. If you do an event that needs some kind of printing, you could get that in in-kind. You could get hotel rooms, you could get cars, you could get airline flights uh, with in-kind. And then also, if you've worked with only with in-kind, what you could do is leverage the in-kind to get your cash sponsors, because ideally you want a mix of both cash and in-kind. That's good. That's really good information. Um, how can we then um, determine um, who a best, who a good fit for, for us is, depending if we're doing like a podcast or doing an event or doing a blog um, or um, an online event even. I don't very often see in events that I've gone to online, I don't see sponsors that often. Maybe they're not as smart as you. <laughs> well, 80% of sponsors say they will fund virtual events. So there's a big 
untapped market out there because people think they need to do live. And by the way, you don't even need to do events to get sponsored uh, because, I mean, look at all of the major social media platforms out there, Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, et cetera. They live online and their whole business model is corporate sponsorships. You know, that's why they give you a free account because, you know, they sell your information to, to sponsors and advertisers. Don't talk to me about that. I know. It's scary. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We touched a sore spot there. And by the way, I'm going to be talking about women and it is International Women's Day, but the tips and the strategies that I'm going to be giving you today, you know, uh, are universal. So uh, of course, of course. Yeah. just think about, okay, so you asked me about the fit. So think about your target market. I'm going to keep coming back to yeah. that because your demographics are your destiny. That is the most valuable thing that you have to offer to your sponsors. So when I was doing the Women's Small Business Expo, I researched the heck out of the women's business market. I found that it's over $7 trillion in the US. Uh, women are starting businesses at twice the rate of men. And here's a really good one that helped me get my first sponsors when I had no experience. Uh, women make or influence over 85% of the purchasing decisions. So who wouldn't want the biggest spending block on the planet? So that's what I mean by selling them on the concept. So find out everything about your audience, your target market. Find out the age range. Find out the gender mix. Is it men? Is it women? Diversity, of course, that's a huge thing now. Is it diverse? Uh, education, income, buying habits. Where do they go on the internet? Motivations. And I know this sounds like a lot, but just use your favorite search engine and you could find out this information very, very quickly uh, by just going online. So it sounds as though you definitely need to do your homework, though, first. So you've got the answers for the, the pros, prospective uh, sponsors. Sponsors love when you do your homework. So yeah. that's one way of doing your homework is the demographic piece. Another way of doing your homework is before you make contact with a prospective sponsor, please do some research on that company. Go to the website, go to their social media. It takes just a few minutes. And then when you talk to them, say, hey, I see you're doing this or are you doing that? And they love it when you, you open that way because they hate people who just kind of come to them willy nilly for a sugar daddy relationship. But there's, it's obvious there's no fit there. I'll give you an example. Uh, one of my uh, sponsors was Paul Mitchell Hair Care. And they're, they're cruelty-free, and they're, they're very proud of being cruelty-free. Well, a rodeo approached them, and it was obviously not a fit. Right. But, you know, this, this person was just calling everybody, you yeah. know, to get money. And, you know, they, they just don't like it when their time is wasted like that. That's a great example of someone not doing their homework, for sure. I, I know that when I do um, LinkedIn training with my clients, and they're looking to build new relationships through LinkedIn, I, I'm amazed at how many people don't look closely at a person's profile or a company's profile to see the details, to see something that they can use to then um, create and start that relationship and to show them that they were paying attention. It's the same story. And it's, it's so like, it seems like it's 
Mickey Mouse that it that it's it's a starting ABCs of it, but it isn't to a lot of people. So, um, but that also I think brings to mind the uh, importance of relationships. And um, my I always remember the saying that you know it's not what you know, it's who you know. So it really does pay to have good relationships with with people who know that company or, you know, have something that you can um, move forward into the conversation. Yes, it really does. And you're very good at that. So, but I want to stress because people are going to hear us and say, well, I don't have these big contacts with big companies. Right. Well, I didn't either in the beginning. Can I tell you about my first sponsor? Cause I think that'll be illustrative of how you could do this. Of course. So I'm in Los Angeles, California. So what do you think of with Los Angeles, California? traffic jams, right? So I'm in a traffic jam. I'm hot. I'm tired. I'm cursing. But I look up and I see a billboard for Bank of America. And I said, oh my God, what if Bank of America could be a sponsor of mine? But at that point, I just had an idea in my silly little brain. And what I did was I went home and I self-sabotaged like we all do. And I said, I'm going to make such a fool out of myself. They're going to reject me and I don't want any part of it. So I buried the idea for about two weeks. But my mission to help people was so strong that I did pick up that phone. I called Bank of America. I knew nobody at Bank of America, <laughs> nobody. So I just called one person, passed me to another. I did get the guy who could green light the sponsorship. He said, Linda, come on in. So I, <laughs> I took my clunker car. At that time, I had a green car, but you couldn't even tell because the paint was peeling. The upholstery was shot. I had to park it two blocks down. I put on my one good suit and I put on my heels and I marched into Bank of America with my sponsor proposal. So let's talk about the proposal if we can, too. I handed him the proposal and oh my God, thank God there was a desk between us because my knees were knocking, my hands were sweaty. So I hand him this proposal and he says, yes, we'll sponsor you. And my very first sponsor deal was over five figures. It was over $10,000, my very first time. Um, and so I had to wipe my hand off my, my suit. Yeah, you picked yourself up off the floor kind of thing. Yes. I wanted to scream, but I'm in a fancy bank building, you know? So uh, I shook his hand after I wiped all the sweat off my hand, uh, walked two blocks back to the, the clunker car. But man, when I got in that car, I, I did the happy dance because there is nothing like the feeling of getting your first sponsor because it's validation. Somebody believes you in you and that somebody is a pretty top tier company. So, and as you've seen, one sponsor leads to another. So I waved to all the Bank of Americas on my drive home and everything. And that's really how it got started. But I, I wanted to tell you that story because I knew nobody. I knew nobody at the company, uh, but I just kind of forged the relationship. So you don't have to have those relationships in place. You can create them. Yeah. And that was probably before the internet days too. Way right? before, yeah. yeah. So you were picking up the phone and hoping, and nowadays nobody answers, but when they do, it's so magical It that, is you know, that that can still happen. So I was going to ask you, and you actually brought this up. I wanted to ask you, you know, when, um, 
when people are guests on podcasts, some of them have what they call a one sheet or a, a speaker sheet and, you know, and have it, you know, and you, of course, had yours um, um, uh, well done and uh, branded and so on as well. Some people just send me an email and say, here's what, you know, uh, with one paragraph of a small paragraph of them and half of it says where they live and who they live with. So, you know, it's interesting how different people see it differently, but um, having a speaker sheet or whatever you call it, a guest sheet um, is a, is a, a very impressive thing to have. So the proposal for sponsors, is it a similar kind of thing? No. So, okay, that's fine. The so sponsor proposal is not a speaker sheet. It's not a media kit. It's not a pitch deck. It's not a business plan. It's a very unique kind of a document. Now, if you have any of those, if you have a speaker sheet or a pitch deck or whatever, you could take those and put them into a sponsor proposal. But I'll tell you what goes into the industry standard sponsor proposal. Okay. First of all, a description of what you do. Secondly, sponsor benefits and the right kind of benefits, the compelling benefits, because if sponsors don't see benefits, they're, they're not going to fund you. And right now, slapping a logo on a website is not going to get you $2 million. You need more compelling uh, benefits that are more engaging. Uh, you need a description, of course, of your audience, uh, a marketing plan. With, and the marketing plan is just, hey, how do you get the word out about what you do, which is important because you can include sponsors in your marketing. And then the way that we help people do sponsor proposals that's different from everybody else is storytelling. Storytelling now is so important because it's, you're, it's not a faceless corporation that's going to sponsor you. It's a human being and you want to make an emotional connection. You want to show the humanity of what you do. Remember my story about Bank of America. It was that guy that liked me and we made a connection and he said, okay, we'll sponsor you. It wasn't the faceless company because people think, oh, well, I'm sending this to a big company and I'm going to put facts and figures and statistics. And, you know, it just looks like everybody else's. You want to stand out from the crowd. I've put in my sponsor proposal that I was in the poverty trap, that I was in an abusive relationship and it's gotten me sponsored. So you don't want to put in just what we call the pretty bio, mm -hmm. which lists your education and your experience and all. You want to get a little more vulnerable. Okay, this is great. Now, you have a book called Corporate Sponsorship in Three Easy Steps. Does this come into the book? Or this is in the book, yes. Okay. Uh, the general part about sponsorships, sponsor proposals is in the book. Uh, but as far as uh, creating your proposal, I do that one-on-one -on -one with clients because I don't do anything cookie cutter. I kind of work with each client, spotlight what I we know their assets are that they bring to the table. Okay. And what about, I know you've got a course that actually will be happening before this air or after this airs. So um, at the end of April, and it's, um, it's your uh, seminar, two day seminar. Tell me, tell me about that because do, do you talk about this there? Yes, we talk about everything. <laughs> okay. So I did the women's small business expo for 10 yes. years. Yes. And then I moved to this new event because everybody wanted to know about sponsorship. So we do the sponsor secret seminar. It is virtual. 
It happens April 26th to April 28th, which is a Tuesday through Thursday. Now, at the, the Sponsor Secret Seminar, by the way, this is our 13th event. Oh, wow. Uh, the Sponsor Secret Seminar, what we do is we package you for success. We get you sponsor ready. You leave with a complete action plan that's personalized just for you. And here's the cool thing about our event that no other events do is you talk one-on-one -on -one with the sponsors. We bring you sponsors to talk to. We bring you industry experts. Uh, and, you know, I sometimes I groom people a little bit about how to talk to the sponsors, how to get the deals done. But you have your chance to do that. Uh, at the, the virtual sponsor secret seminar, which is a, a three-day event. Three-day or two-day? It's three-day. Oh, wait, 26, 27, 28, it's three days. Yeah, right. Okay. So um, I'm very excited about that, actually. I think it will be very uh, helpful. And I think a lot of people um, that do podcasts, because that's part of who I you know hang out with or podcasters, I think that this is something that a lot of us are are looking at different ways to monetize our podcast or, you know, I'm not necessarily on my podcast pitching my big deal. I'm interviewing people because I love talking to people because I'm curious because um, I love to support other people as well and learn from them and, and um, you know, do business with those people that I know, like, and trust. So I think that um, there's a definitely a market for podcasters. Do you, um, uh, well, um, yeah, let me ask you this. So um, I know, sorry, there, see, my phone beeped anyway. Um, uh, what was I going to ask? I was going to ask you. It's gone from my head, so I will <laughs> start with something else. Um, I think that, uh, do you, okay, so as a podcaster, I think that's specific in terms of a differentiation to someone doing an event, a live event, or somebody doing even an online event, because there's only certain um, places that you can do things on a podcast that don't sound too, I don't know, pitchy, you know? So is there anything there that you can see or that you can advise in terms of if somebody is a sponsor on a podcast, how you use them? Mm -hmm. Well, most podcasters go about it the wrong way. And by oh. the way, one of my favorite clients is a podcaster oh. and we, he got a $30,000 sponsorship, like his first one. Mm -hmm. um, so here's what you do. First of all, if it's video and audio, like what we have right now, call it a show. Don't call it a podcast because then you're going to get pigeonholed. And most podcasters sell 30 second spots, 60 second spots. And you know what? That's really the, not the right way to sell it then, because then it becomes all about your numbers. And if you don't have uh, listeners in the millions, you know, sometimes yeah. uh, that's not a good thing. And, and how many of podcasters do just a few. Right. Um, so here's what I want you to sell, because you said there's only a few ways you could promote them. Uh, I'm going to challenge that because there's a lot of ways you could promote your sponsors. If you do a podcast, you probably do social media. You could promote them on your social media, email marketing. You probably send out emails. You could promote them there. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, you know, you could do hashtag campaigns. You could do even old school stuff like press releases. Uh, you know, what right now, what you want to do is promote your sponsors all year long. You could do videos for your sponsors. Uh, you could do, you know, a beginning and an end, you know, sponsored by, you know, with, with a click through. You could do sponsor spotlights, have them on, interview them. They just absolutely love that. Feature them on your website and all of your other digital platforms because nobody wants their podcast to sound like a flea market, you know, to say, and say, oh, well, we got uh, 10 commercials coming up because, the, you know, your listeners aren't going to be, be digging that. So promote your sponsors in a very elegant, understated way. And sp uh, sponsors don't want to be obnoxious. They don't want to be in your face because uh, they know that that turns people off there's magic bullets there. Like I can't believe because what I was feeling when you were saying that was like, they become part of your family. You make them part of your family so that it all works both ways as well. But I mean, you obviously you have to um, show the love to your, to your sponsors as, and, and um, treat them with respect and, and um, appreciation. Right. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. And let's talk about the commercials. There's two kinds of commercials for a podcast. One of them is called dynamic and another one is, is live read. So the dynamic, you know, is when they supply the content and you just kind of insert it into your show. Yeah. Um, and uh, then there's live read. So the live read, a lot of sponsors prefer that because with live read, you have a story about using that product. Uh, or that service. Like one of my podcasts that I listen to, home security is a big category right now. And then they have Simply Safe as a sponsor. Um, so they talk about, hey, you know what? My kids were watching a 30 minute Netflix show and I, I put it up while they were watching the show. So they had a story about using Simply Safe, their sponsor. The only thing is with a live read, if they listen to archives, it could be a little dated, whereas the dynamic won't be. So, you know, ask what the sponsor prefers. Okay. Live read versus uh, um, dynamic. Dynamic, right. Um, okay, so just before we wrap up, and I've got a couple of questions, one that I love to ask my clients or my guests, and uh, it's not related to anybody's business at all. And that is, I love the word curiosity. I'm a very curious person. And I would like to ask you my two part question. One, do you think curiosity is innate or learned? And second part, what are you most curious about right now today? I think it's innate because I don't have kids myself, but every experience that I've had with my relatives, babies and kids, they're all very curious. They love to learn. Uh, I do have a lot of experience with animals and pets. And when I took my dog to dog training, the first thing that the trainer said is they love to learn. They just love it. You know, you, you got to keep them stimulated. So I, I believe it's innate. As far as what I am curious about, I am curious about so many things. I'm curious about where our society is going as far as, you know, how much we're getting away from conversations and just getting, getting into screen time. And I think it's a double-edged sword because I love the internet like you. I love to crunch research. I love to, you know, uh, if I have uh, an itch, 
Uh, I love to just look it up on the internet and say, okay, is this serious or not? And a lot of times it scares me because everything is, seems more serious there, but you know, you could get information that you couldn't get before on the internet, but uh, I don't like the trend in society where people aren't calling and, and having conversations where they're just texting and doing voice notes and things like that. So with your sponsorships, uh, introduce yourself by email because sponsors have told me that they love for you to introduce yourself by email, but please move it into a conversation as soon as you can, because you have to have old fashioned conversations in order for a sponsor deal to happen because sponsorship is a relationship business. So true. So true. Um, so this is again, all valuable information and, um, I know that um, I want to make sure people know how to get in touch with you. And I think you offered an offer for my listeners, which I think is very kind of you. So maybe you could just tell us about that and then where they can get hold of you. Sure. Uh, the website is successwithsponsors.com. Mm -hmm. When you go to successwithsponsors.com, you're going to get the number one secret for getting sponsors. So that's my gift to you today at successwithsponsors.com. That's wonderful. Thank you so much. And um, where can people find out about your um, upcoming uh, three-day event? Is that on? Yeah, just go to the same website, uh, successwithsponsors.com, write Perfect. me a note, and then I will give you all the information about the upcoming uh, virtual sponsor secret seminar. We are putting together our sponsor and experts panel right now. It is going to be absolutely amazing. I'm pretty excited about it, actually. Yes. Yeah, so I've got to get those days blocked off so I don't book it for something else. Um, so thank you so much for being on the show, Linda. Um, one last question. If you have, I think you've pretty much given us as much advice as you can, but do you have one last piece of advice to my audience they're not all podcasters, they're business owners and, and uh, sales professionals and entrepreneurs. So I do. I do. Hold your head up high. You know, uh, the, the reason a lot of people don't reach their big dreams is because of fear. And remember the story that I told you about how I self-sabotage myself, you know, and we all do that every day. So know that you have quality know that you have value to offer your sponsors uh, and, you know, just go out there, whatever you want to do, give it a try. What can happen? You know, <laughs> uh, amazing thing things say, can right? happen. Yeah. What's the worst thing they can say? Exactly. You know, they can reject you, but, and I've been rejected plenty, but you know what, then I moved on to a sponsor that said, yes, and it absolutely changed my life. And I hope that it'll change your life too. It's been wonderful to be here today. Thank you so much, Linda. And to my audience, thank you for listening. I'm sure that you got a lot of great information here as I know I did. And so if you like what you heard, please let us know, leave a review and remember to stay connected and be remembered. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. If this show has inspired you to reach out to connect to someone new or nurture a current or past relationship, and you think that others can benefit from listening, please share this episode. If you have feedback or questions about the episode, please leave a note in the comment sections below. 
If you would like to receive automatic updates of new podcast episodes, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Stitcher or from the podcast app on your mobile device. Ratings and reviews from my listeners are extremely valuable to me and greatly appreciated. They help the podcast rank higher on iTunes, which exposes my show to more awesome listeners like you. So if you have a minute, please leave an honest review on iTunes. And remember to stay connected and be remembered.